With the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 279. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and forever educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening once again. We really appreciate your downloading. First-time listeners, welcome aboard. We're glad you found us, and we hope you become regular listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the Sydney Cricket Ground releasing an AR app, that's Augmented Reality app, starring Aussie cricket legend Steve Waugh. Why a third of the NBN users would change back if they could, and how you can play Star Wars Tourists, and it's not in a galaxy far, far away. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the in-case Novi-connected smart carry-on case, the Breville device that can decant your red wine, and how we converted to using a standing desk. And we'll finish all it all off with the Tech Guide help desk as well. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show for you, so we're just going to jump straight in. Well, the Sydney Cricket Ground uh, and Sports Ground Trust have just unveiled a brand new augmented reality app. And at the heart of this app, the star of the show is none other than Aussie cricket legend, former test captain Steve Waugh. Now, what they've done, this AR experience, is actually to celebrate the 15 years since his legendary last ball century innings in 2003. So that, that was a memorable innings. I don't know with you if you can cast your mind back. It was January 2003. Uh, Steve Waugh, one of the gutsiest innings you've ever seen, faced his last ball, hit a four, and, and scored his century. Absolutely brilliant innings. So what, what the SCG has done is created an augmented reality app where you can actually relive that innings in your own surroundings. So there's an animated simulation of all the memorable shots. Uh, you even get some live uh, footage from the wide world of sports playing up on the on the virtual scoreboard behind him. But Steve Waugh himself actually got involved with this production. Uh, the company who, who created the app, they had him in a motion capture suit and were he, he was had to recreate some of those significant shots from those innings. So, uh, and you'll see there's a video on our story on Tech Guide. He, he was saying how difficult it was because when he was playing, it's all on instinct. Uh, he, he wasn't saying, I'm going to hit this type of shot there and I'm going to hit that type of shot here. But here in this, in this production environment, in the studio, and he's got a motion capture suit on as well, and you'll see that in the video as well, he had to look at himself playing certain shots and then try to recreate that on the spot. So what you see on the screen is the SCG pitch 
the SCG scoreboard in the background, and this is all just laid out in front of you using augmented reality on your phone, on, on your iPhone. So uh, it, it is a really remarkable experience because you're, you're taken through this amazing, this amazing innings. And it's a really clever idea, especially with the Sydney Test coming up early in the new year. And it will be 15 years since that amazing innings. Uh, so the, the, the AR experience, if you, if you visit the SCG, Microsoft have the HoloLens experience. They actually wear a headset while you're at the ground. Uh, but if you if you want to just try it out for yourself, you can download the app from the uh, the app store, and find you need to find an open area in your home. I think with about three meters, uh, three to three to five meters space, and some clearance above it above the floor as well. And then what you can do is then project the pitch, the SCG pitch, and St- Steve War standing right in front of you, and you can watch him as he plays all these great shots right in your living room or wherever you happen to be. It's right in your environment. The other really cool feature is you can actually take a selfie with Steve War as well. So in the, in the menu, it says uh, selfie mode. So what happens is uh, Steve War or the virtual Steve War stands stands still in the in the picture, and then you'll need to get someone else, of course, to take your photo. So what you do is you move into that area of the room, and then your friend will tell you, okay, move to your right, move to your left. So you're standing right next to Steve Wall, and then you can uh, just hit hit the shutter button and, ta- and capture your selfie. Uh, and the hashtag, if you want to share it on social media, is Steve War AR. Uh, if you, our story on Tech Guide, you see that photo of me standing next to Steve War, and, and not only do you watch the the innings, but you also hear about yeah you know, his famous baggy green cap, his bat, and his red handkerchief. Anyone who's a Steve War fan, a cricket fan, will know that he had this superstition where he carried this red hanky for every single innings. By the end of his career, it was just a tattered rag that he used to mop his brow. But it'd it'd been through so many innings, it was falling apart. And there's also the story behind that as well. And in fact, in the selfie, you can see the the red, or it looks a bit more pink, uh, hanging out of his pocket. That was uh, one of his superstitions. But uh, a really clever idea to make use of augmented reality. So you're reliving a sporting event, this great sporting highlight in your own environment. So that, that, that's, a, that's a remarkable achievement. Uh, the company who created it was Avenade. They're the developers behind it. They're the ones who brought in Steve Waugh into the studio and had him wear the motion capture suit, which you can see in the video in our story, so that it, it has absolutely nailed his likeness and also his movements as well, like how he swung the bat and how he celebrated. All of that was sort of played back to him, and then he had to recreate it for the AR, the augmented reality App. So uh, exciting stuff there. If you're a cricket fan or a Steve War fan, uh, even just if you're a cricket fan, this is something you really have to see. If you want to read our complete story about it and how you can download the app, there's also a short video you can play about. It gives you a little behind the scenes on the creation of the app. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, hasn't the NBN had a bad rap? The NBN has, has all you hear are the horror stories. There, there are there are people who are satisfied with uh, with their NBN connection. Uh, I'm I'm not an NBN customer yet. I'm due to have my connection. Uh, I live in in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, so it's going to be for me between April and June next year. And they are replacing my Optus HFC cable, so they're scrapping that, and they're giving me fibre to the curb. So fibre will run 
down my footpath, hit my telecom pit, and then the copper that is there to my home will be what's utilised to bring that connection into my home. So hopefully I'm not going to be one of these customers that wishes they could change back to what they had before if they could. New research from Whistleout has shown that nearly a third of customers, 32%, would change back to their non-NBN service if they were able to. That's quite a high number. Now, two-thirds, of course, are satisfied. We we won't forget that. Two-thirds are satisfied. But a third of people, one in three NBN users, would change back in a heartbeat. Now, of these people... About when asked about their current uh, service, so these dissatisfied customers, 86% of them said their NBN service did not meet their speed expectations. 75% said their NBN service was not reliable. 75% said it wasn't reliable. 18% said the service is something they would recommend. So this is uh, an alarming statistic, and we've heard so many stories about uh, the NBN even even and Telstra admitting to customers that they sold them plans that that they knew their connection couldn't handle. So there's a we're hearing we're hearing the worst of the NBN unfortunately, um, and, and we, we, I'll, I'll repeat two thirds of people are happy, two thirds are totally fine with it, but there is still a third of people who would go back. So the NBN which was supposed to transform everything for Australians and give us the economy of the future and you know, power empower all these people how would how does the government look now think now where 32% would go back to what there was before 32% are basically saying they didn't they would rather the government had not spent the money and left things as they were so it is a messy situation and yes i know that the labor plan the original plan was to roll out fiber to every house but I've heard complaints about people having fibre to their premises as well. They, they, were, they have slow internet and inconsistent service. But that aside, yes, that was the Labor plan. That was the, the bold, ambitious plan that would have cost possibly upwards to about $100 billion. Uh, the, the coalition, when they were, came back into power in 2013, they hit the panic button and they saw the rising cost of this and decided to make it uh, what they called mixed technology. That's where fibre to the node was born and fibre to the curb and fibre to the building and all these other types of, of uh, connections were introduced. But still utilising, here's where the a lot of dissatisfaction comes. A lot of times that new technology is mixing with the very old technology and we're talking copper. And there, there has been instances where fibre to the node and you get the copper running to your home and it's, it's no better than what they had before. And as 32% in this survey have pointed out, it's actually worse and they would love to go back. But of course they can't. Once the NBN's installed in your area, that's it. That's what you've got. Unless you want to pay big money and either run fibre from the NBN all the way to your home or pay an outside company for a fibre connection. There are services where you can get fibre today, as long as you're willing to pay two, three hundred, four hundred dollars a month for that service. So it is possible if you want to spend the money. But which well, the average Australian family doesn't want to spend three hundred dollars a month on a fast internet connection when we were promised a fast internet connection with the NBN, and thirty-two percent of us want our money back. They want to go back to how it was. Well, hopefully, down the track, these people, 
that 32% will have their problems addressed. There may be some work. I think once they finish the rollout, hopefully they'll go back and do some servicing and improvements and tinker with the with the system. So it'll opt it'll be optimised to give them the best possible performance. One can only hope. But uh, the, this is uh, a result of the whistle out survey that, uh, that that surveyed a number of Australians. One in three not happy would love to change back if they could. If you want to read all of those stats and read that entire story, you can do that at techguide.com.au. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, yes, I'm going to admit it. You all know this already. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm not going to bore you with my review of Star Wars The Last Jedi. I have written a spoiler-free review on Tech Guide if you want to read that, if you haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, I've also written a, a All Your Questions Answered story about Star Wars The Last Jedi with major spoilers. So if you've seen the movie already... Do yourself a favour, click through to that story on Tech Guide and uh, you can hear my thoughts on various questions that were arose, my thoughts on various things. Did I agree with them? Did is, is it how it appeared? There is that story for you to read on Tech Guide. So for those non-Star Wars fans, uh, you, you of course you don't have to read it, but there are some interesting questions and I'm sure a lot of you have seen the movie already, so head on over to that. But what I want to talk about in this segment is tourism. And not just any old tourism, we're talking Star Wars tourism. Now, everyone loves a holiday, whether you're a Star Wars fan or not. But I found this rather interesting because in The Last Jedi, the new Star Wars film, uh, there are a number of locations which uh, you can visit. And a sky scanner, a travel site, has come up with uh, some uh, travel plans for travellers to visit some of the filming locations for Star Wars The Last Jedi. There are three countries here. We're talking Croatia, Bolivia, and Ireland. Let's start with Ireland, and this is the area where... This is the filming locations that stood in for Luke Skywalker's island, the Arcto Island, seen at the very end of The Force Awakens and uh, throughout The Last Jedi. The main part of that filming location was Skellig Michael Island and other areas of Ireland like Cian, Sabil, Loophead, Malinhead, they were all used as filming locations as well. And you can head to this location, flight prices from just over $2,000. Uh, a lot of uh, those filming locations, you can uh, to head to Dublin and then take a flight to Cork Airport and then it's close to that destination. Uh, so uh, Cork Airport, Shannon Airport, Donegal Airport are the airports you need to hit to visit those main areas. Best time to visit, I reckon, is September, where it's slightly, uh, slightly warmer, uh, and there's a lot of crowds there, though, in July and August. That's peak season. So that's one of those areas, and that, that's a, that was a major part of The Last Jedi. Uh, the other country, and I'm sure people have this on their travel list anyway, is Dubrovnik in Croatia. That was the city, Dubrovnik was the city that stood in for Canto Bight, which is the exotic casino Monte Carlo-like city 
in Star Wars. So in Dubrovnik, they filmed these outdoor scenes where there was this massive chase of creatures and police vehicles crashing through the streets of of, uh, of Dubrovnik. So uh, it is one of the most picturesque cities uh, on the Adriatic Sea there. So a lot of, lot of flights to get you there. Very popular destination already. So if you do want to uh, relive the Canto Bite scene uh, and see everything else, of course, Dubrovnik in Croatia is the place you've got to go. Best time to visit, they reckon, is September, October or May, June in what they call the shoulder season when the crowds aren't too big. Now, the other location, and this is a rather interesting one, is Bolivia in a place called Salar de Uyuni, which is a salt flat uh, where you can, which stood in for the planet Crate. Now, Crate, uh, and this was in the trailer, so I'm not giving into this anyway. I'm not giving anything away. Uh, was the planet that had the what appeared to be the white salt flats, and then you saw the skid speed, the ski speeders, kicking up all the red minerals underneath. So whenever you, uh, whenever something scrapes along or walks along the surface, it leaves it, it reveals the red minerals underneath. But uh, that I, I don't know. I don't think that's actually what happens in Bolivia. But that might have been an effect in the film. But uh, you can visit this very quite picturesque location. Uh, so it, it is a pretty awe-inspiring scenario, that one right there The in Bolivia. Best time to visit, they say, is July through to October during the dry season so that you can ex- experience, like it was, experience it like it was in the film. So that's Bolivia. If you haven't got Bolivia, it's uh, you, you, you'll catch a flight out to Santiago in Chile. The next leg of that journey is then to Calama Airport in Chile, and then you just take the bus across the border into Bolivia. And this is where you'll see the incredible Salar de Ayuni, which is uh, filled in for the planet Crate, uh, these, these salt salt plains right there. Uh, so, yeah, you didn't have to visit a galaxy far, far away to be a Star Wars tourist. And Skyscanner, I have a link on our story on Tech Guide, uh, is this site that uh, they provided that information for us. And we thought, uh, why not? Let's offer this to our readers because... Who doesn't want to be a Star Wars tourist? If you're a fan, why not? But they are pretty picturesque locations anyway. So even if you're not a Star Wars fan, there's still a lot to take in anyway. If you want to read more about that story, you know where to find it at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Well, they've introduced Orbi, which is the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure and fast Wi-Fi to every corner of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you'll have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. Tech Guide. 
Now on Tech Guide, we've covered many a many a smart product. We've any type of smart product. You talking watches and glasses and phones and you name it, we've written about it. Well, today I'm going to talk about another smart product. And in this case, it is it is a travel roller. We're talking a carry-on bag made by Incase, which is a very popular backpack uh, bag company. And they make a lot of stuff to store your computers, uh, cases for things, and also this Novi Connected four-wheel hubless travel roller. Now, it looks like a carry-on bag, okay, a hard case. Zipper in the middle, combination lock, looks like every other bag. Well, if you look a little bit closer, you'll find there's some other features. One of them, one of the key features is it has an internal battery. There's a 10,050 milliamp hour power bank on the inside of the bag. Now, on the outside of the bag, just underneath the extendable handle, is a small rubber flap that when you lift that up, it reveals a USB USB port and a USB-C port, as well as a small button and LED lights to indicate the power level on the battery. Now, think of how handy this will be. How many times have you been yourself or seen other people crowded around power points in the airport trying to get a charge, you can around a spare battery, we're wall huggers trying to find that power point to get that little bit of extra charge into your tablet, into your smartphone, and then your flight's called and then it's all over, you've got to get on the plane. Well, with the in-case Novi connected bag, the battery is on the inside. And it even comes with a 1.5-meter USB-C cable, so you can not only charge your smartphone, you've got enough power to charge your smartphone four times, or your tablet, but through the USB-C port, it's also got enough power to charge your laptop, your MacBook laptop. So not only have you got your mobile devices covered, you've also got your laptop covered as well. Now, if you're a business traveler or just a frequent traveler who loves to have all their devices with them and all, all charged up, this is a godsend. So it is a really easy thing to set up. You just charge the bag, and inside that bag, you, what you're charging is the battery, 10,050 milliamp hours, so it's decent size. And so then at your fingertips, there are these ports where you can just connect your devices and away you go. You've got a charger right there. Now, the bag itself is made out of Class A polycarbonate, so it's quite lightweight. It's got these four hubless wheels, so really smooth gliding in, uh, in all directions and has the, an approved uh, TSA lock. It's integrated with a, with a combination. And also, as I mentioned, comes with a charging cable. But that ain't the end of the smarts on this thing. You can download the InCase companion app, the smart app, that lets you hook into the case's Bluetooth connection. Yes, there is built-in Bluetooth. So with that Bluetooth connectivity through the connected app, you can see at a glance the battery level. You can also set a proximity sensor so that if the Bluetooth connection between your the bag and your mobile device is broken, you can receive an alarm. So imagine someone walking off with your bag, you not noticing it. They can actually, that'll ring an alarm on your phone. You'll get an alert. It can also tell you the last known location of your bag through the Bluetooth. So it drops a pin on a map and it will record the last five known locations. So if you're trying to find your bag... Uh, th- that can help you. At least you'll know the last five locations. On top of that, you can also trigger the Find Me alarm. So if, if your bag's somewhere around you, you can't see it, 
or you may be thinking it's on the carousel, you can actually hit the find me alarm and it'll make this noise on the bag so you can make, make it easier to find. Really remarkable stuff. If you are a frequent traveller, you will really appreciate all of those features. If you travel once every two years, maybe not your bag, but if you're a frequent traveller and a tech traveller with all your gear and you want to keep it charged, then it's an essential in our books. Now, it's not cheap. It's 479 bucks. although you do pay a decent amount for a bag of this quality. And I have to say, Take the Smarts out of it is actually a very high-quality bag with zippered compartments and pockets, plenty of room to fit a lot of stuff. And this is a carry-on bag, so it means you're not, don't, not having to check it in. It's on the plane with you. So you can use that battery on the plane or on the train or wherever you happen to be traveling. The, uh, the Novi... The Novi Connected Bag from InCase, $479.95. If you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, uh, I'm not much of a drinker. In fact, I, I'm a total non-drinker. So when Breville offered me a product to look at uh, called the Breville Sommelier, I thought, well, you know what, I'll give it a go. I'm not a drinker, but my wife is. My wife loves her wine. So I thought, yeah, let's give it a try. And the whole idea behind this product from Breville is for you to decant your wine. Now, for those of you other non-drinkers who don't know what I'm talking about, and I I actually had to read up about this, what decanting means is pouring the, the contents of the red wine into a carafe so that the oxygen in the room opens up the wine, so it makes it a bit smoother and, and crisper and whatever other adjectives you want to think about. It makes it better for you to drink. Now, it can take, depending on the type of red wine, up to 90 minutes, maybe even longer, if you were just to leave it and air it and oxygenate it, decant it in the normal way. So what happens is this oxygenation occurs where there's only 19% oxygen in the atmosphere so it can take quite a long time for the oxygen to go through the whole wine so what breville's come up with is this product and this is a tech product it is there you plug it in there's a digital display knobs and buttons what breville's come up with is this product the sommelier which has has 90 percent pure oxygenation through the device. Now, how how it works is you get there's a special decanter that comes with it, so it's got a tube that that sits above an air pump on the actual unit, so the oxygen is pumped through the wine. The device itself has a digital display, and it's really simple to use. There's a power button, start, and a stop button, and there's a knob for you to set the decanting time. There is a list, of course, of wines depending on what year they are and the type of wine. There are different decanting recommendations. For our review, the recommended decanting time was one hour and 30 minutes. Now, what the Breville Sommelier does is an hour and 30 minutes the normal way, the normal decanting method, takes only 90 seconds using the Breville Sommelier because it's pumping pumping through all this oxygen. It's 90% oxygen being pumped through the wine. So in 90 seconds, if you've got friends over, you're entertaining, you've you cracked open a bottle of red, who's going to want to wait an hour and a half to drink this thing? Yeah, you can drink it out of the bottle, I guess, but it's not going to taste as good as, if, as it would have been if it had been decanted. So if you haven't done that already, your guests are going to have to wait 90 minutes for a glass of red wine, which probably isn't the uh, popular choice for them. So with the Breville Sommelier, you pour in the wine, press the button, 
Bish, Biff Bang Wallop, and it's all done. Shazam! Ninety seconds later, you've got decanted wine out of the uh, poured out of the carafe, and everybody's happy. It also works with spirits. So if you're a whiskey lover, bourbon drinker, and it will also decant those spirits as well. So it's not just limited to red wine. You can decant your spirits. And apparently, and I did, again, I didn't try this, but others who did try it told me that I t- poured it in front of them in my house here. They said that the spirits tasted a lot smoother. It was a better drink after being oxygenated through the Breville Sommelier. So if you're an entertainer, you like your wine or your spirits or both, then this is a product that may interest you. And uh, it is uh, great to have a result where you can decant wine in what usually takes an hour and a half in 90 seconds. That is a brilliant result. The Breville Sommelier, it is $699. So if you are a wine connoisseur, uh, you know, you're used to spending a decent amount of money on wine. Uh, I've got to tell you a story. I was in uh, Double Bay, Dan Murphy's, and happened to walk past a fridge where there was some Penfold Grange. Now, I don't know the first thing about wine, as I said, but I did spot in the fridge a bottle of 1953 Penfold Grange for the bargain price of $36,500. That was in the fridge at Dan Murphy's in Double Bay. And it was a locked fridge, I should add. It wasn't just a fridge you could just open up and help yourself. But uh, there was all these these Grange wines. And I hear, again, I don't know this for sure, but I hear that people who buy and sell Penfold Grange don't actually drink it. They collect it and sell it. And apparently the longer they keep it, the more valuable it is. So, I don't know, are you a Grange drinker? Can you afford to be a Grange drinker? Well, imagine how nice the Grange would taste if you put it through the Breville Sommelier. That's what I'd like to know. If they do, if they're going to spend 36500 on a bottle of Grange, well, 699 bucks for a Breville Sommelier is really nothing. So uh, that might be something for them to consider. If you want to read more about that story, it was included in our Tech Guide 12 Days of Christmas Gift Idea Story. Day 11 is what you need to look at, uh, look for, and that uh, day we covered appliances. While on that, I want to just give a plug, actually, to our 12 Days of Christmas. We have completed our 12 days now. So we've gone through all the days. Day 1 was cameras. Day 2 was smartphones. Day 3, wearable smartwatches. Day 4, headphones and speakers. Day 5 gaming slash tech toys day six was tablets and e-readers day seven was drones and gadgets day eight was smart or connected internet of things devices day nine was in-car gadgets day 10 was tvs tv accessories blu-rays 4k discs day 11 was appliances which includes the breville sommelier among others among other products and day 12 we wrapped it up with computers and computer accessories So if you still haven't finished your Christmas shopping, Tech Guide has some amazing suggestions for you. Tech products are always popular, can't go wrong, uh, for you to check out. So those 12 days of Christmas, you can find them at techguide.com.au. And as I said, day 11 was appliances. And you can see that, the Breville Sommelier there. And you can find that, as we said, at techguide.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. .au. Now, I've made a little bit of a conversion of late. I was, like everyone else, was uh, used to sit down to do all my work. We spent hours at a time, whether when I was working at News Limited years ago or for myself now for Tech Guide, I spent 99% of my time sitting down while I was writing. Well, I was offered, look, I'd heard about stand-up desks before and had had written about the, the health risks of sitting down for long periods of time and all those sorts of things. Uh, and a company contacted me, uh, JP Office Workstations uh, got in touch, and they wanted me to try one of their standing desks. It was an electric standing desk, which was uh, a 1200 by 600, 650 desk uh, called the Nimble Electric Standing Desk, a Nimble sit-stand desk, they call it, from JB Office Workstations. Now, I thought, okay, I'm going to give this a go. I've heard so much about standing desks and how, how much better they are for you, for your focus, for your health. And I thought I'd give it a crack. Now, if you listen to health experts, they'll tell you that sitting for prolonged periods can lead to many problems, including the risks of cardiovascular disease, muscular disorders, back and neck pain, higher concentration of sugar in your blood, and can even contribute to weight gain. Well, these this is coming from experts, and the Baker IDI Hearts and Diabetes Institute says that those risks that I just mentioned are just as dangerous whether you're uh, whether you exercise regularly or not. So you could be a marathon runner and be the fittest guy in the world or girl in the world, and you could still, if you for prolonged periods where you're sitting down, still be at risk of those diseases that I mentioned. So. That's uh, something to consider because I have heard the term sitting is the new smoking. You may have heard that term before yourself. So standing desks have, as a result, become really popular. So I thought, well, let's give it a try. Now, I found the desk to be uh, pretty nice. It's a, it's a, I, I had the 1200 by 650. It had the small panel on the right-hand side that allowed me to raise and lower the desk. There were four preset heights, so I, I saved my sitting height and my standing height. And I set my standing height at about one meter and I think one one point one meters, and my sitting height was about sixty eight centimeters. So yeah, my my standing height was one point one three meters, sitting height sixty eight centimeters. So uh, it can uh, now that's a, that's how it can go as low as sixty eight centimeters and as high as one point one three meters. And my levels at either end weren't weren't much different to that. So you, you can everyone's different, everyone's different heights, different requirements. So the good thing is it is is flexible within that range of heights. Uh, so I think my height is actually was a one oh six. I think there's a picture of it on Tech Guide as well. So here I am, uh, a desk with uh, all the electronics built in, the cables all conveniently located, just got to plug it in, and up and down at the press of a button. And it can remember your favorite heights as well. Now, size-wise, I mentioned I think you have the 1,200 by 600. You can get them up to 1,800 by 750, and they can support up to 100 kilos of weight. So something to keep in mind if you want to have your computer, your desktop computer, your all your other devices, your monitors, all on there. Just remember, though, to leave some slack for the cables because they do have to raise up and go down again. Uh, so we gave it a try. Now, up until now, we spent most of our time sitting down. And what we did, we eased into it, started an hour or two per day. 
And today, I think I spend as much time standing as I do sitting. I think it's probably just more than half actually standing now. So one thing we noticed, okay, so sitting, you've got to remember, sitting, you're in a relaxed position. This is a position where you can be distracted, you can fall asleep. It's a position that's meant to relax your body. So that's not the ideal way to be if you need to focus on a task. So being standing, having being on your feet allows you to focus a little easier on the job at hand. So there's no time to waste. You're not you're not just slumping in your chair and just bludging and staring off into space. You're actually standing up. So you've got to get things done. And that's what I found. My focus really increased. So as a result, my productivity went up. I found that whenever I was standing up, I wrote a lot faster than when I was sitting down. I just got it done. So that increased focus was definitely the first thing that we noticed. So other things, like for me, I've, uh, I used to play footy but years ago and I used to have problem. Like if I sit for a long time, I may get lower back pain, neck pain. I found that when I was standing, my posture was a lot better and therefore my back and shoulders and neck were in a better position and I found I, was, I had less pain. So it did, have, it did benefit me in that area as well. So that's another positive that I took out of it. Uh, the other thing too, and here's one thing that people said where a standing desk can help you lose weight. Uh, I'll call bullshit on that right now. If you want to lose weight, you just go for a run. Standing up, you're not going to drop the kilos. What you may do is you may maintain your weight or burn slightly more calories because you're standing up. But if that's the main reason for you switching, thinking you're going to drop a ton of weight, then you're going to be disappointed. Better off, better off joining a gym, then you'll lose some weight. So that I wiped that off the table. That's not really a benefit, in my opinion. So the kilos aren't just going to magically drop off you because you're standing for a change instead of sitting. Not the not to be. Not that's not the case. But the one other thing, the last thing I'll mention here, the one other thing I noticed was that I was a little less fatigued. It sounds funny to say that sitting down for a long period of time is actually tiring because your body is sort of settling into this relaxed position. When I was standing up, I felt a little bit more energetic. My fatigue levels were way lower, so my energy levels were vastly improved from when I was sitting down. So I've read a lot of people have the same reaction. I'm a convert now. I think if you give it a try yourself, you may find that you like it a lot better. You do get your work done faster, you work better, you feel better. So I gave it a go and I don't regret it for a second. I'm an absolute convert now. The the desk that I found that I was using, the nimble electric standing desks from JP Office Workstations, they start from seven hundred and eighty five bucks and upward. But you're getting a good quality desk. It's got a 12-year warranty. So don't think you're buying a lemon. This is a premium desk here, 12-year warranty from jpofficeworkstations.com.au. If you want to read my story and see some images of the desk and also get a link to the uh, the JP Office Workstation site, you'll find that in our story at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Well, public Wi-Fi isn't always safe. Without the right protection, your personal information could become public. The recent Cracks Wi-Fi vulnerability is an example of this. 
The, this group of vulnerabilities allowed attackers to intercept data transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. Personal information that is transmitted over the internet or stored on your connected devices, things like passwords, credit card numbers and more, these could be vulnerable. All of this personal information can be used to, to commit identity theft and even access your bank accounts without your knowledge. Now, the team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. And what they've come up with is Norton Wi-Fi Privacy. This encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private whether you want to log on, wherever you want to log on, whether it's through a mobile device or a laptop. To help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi privacy, go to visit. Do you need to visit au.norton.com? Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. On the Tech Guide Help Desk, this is a pretty quick, quick one, actually. You had a, a, this is a relatively simple question, but uh, a question that nonetheless I'm going to talk about. And a, a woman asked, how do I print things from my iPhone? And I thought that's a pretty uh, pretty sensible question because normally on a computer you just go down a file, look for the print, and there's a menu, and off you go. Well, it works a little bit different on an iPhone. So let's say, for example, you wanted to print a photo, and that's probably the thing that most people want to print out. They take a nice photo, they want to print the thing. So when you get your photo, so you go to your camera roll, you get your photo, and at the in the bottom left corner is a little symbol, a box with an arrow coming up out of it. So that's kind of a, a share slash save slash send somewhere symbol. So in this case, we want to print. So when you press that symbol, you'll notice in the bottom left, and we're talking, the woman asked about her iPhone, bottom left, you'll see an icon that says print. So have a guess what? Press that. And then you'll see your printer options. At the very top, the printer, it'll say next to that, select printer. And if you've got a wireless printer, you hit select printer, it's going to look for printers on your network. So if you, uh, if you do have a Wi-Fi network, a Wi-Fi printer, a uh, printer connected to your Wi-Fi network, it will then show up here. So if you're on the same network as your printer, then you go onto, your, on, onto the look in the printer options, and that printer should come up on your list. Select that printer, select the number of copies you want, and you have printed something from your iPhone. And I'm pretty sure... Pictures are going to be the very popular choice. And you've got to remember there are a lot of photographic printers that have that you can load in special photo paper so you're getting a good quality print. And, yes, they can be, as I just demonstrated, printed from your iPhone. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that is the end of our show for not only this week, but also this year. We will, re- next week is Christmas, so we're going to have the week off. The following week is the new year, and we will be back. We'll be broadcasting live from the, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. So you have just heard the very last Tech Guide podcast for 2017. I want to just uh, take this opportunity to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to listen to us each and every week. We want to wish you and all your family a very happy and safe Christmas and a prosperous 2018. But we'd still love you to get in touch with us in the meantime. We'll still be manning our email and also our Voice Byte app. You can get in touch, record your question, a review, a comment using the Voice Byte app with the hashtag TechGuide. If you want to go old school, you can still email me, info at 
techguide.com.au as well. We want to give a special thanks to the support we've had this year from Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And, of course, we want to give another shout-out to Norton, the other company supporting us this year. They are the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening once again. Ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate your support in 2017. We look forward to you joining us again in 2018, early 2018. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 